Jeremy. Hi, Shalene. Great wow. to be here and hang out with you. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, thank you for this book, The oh. Late Night Thoughts of a Jazz Musician. I think I've been uh, looking forward to this book um, for a while, actually. Oh, and cool. uh, the other day during the call when you said that you would give me a copy, I'm like, oh my God, thank you. You're welcome. Enjoy. And uh, uh, I followed um, some of your stories in this yeah. book. Um, on Facebook, we yeah. are Facebook friends, and yeah. I love your stories. Uh -huh, thank I you. I do, I do. So, um, thanks for coming to chat with me today. My pleasure. Um, as you can tell, uh, we just wanted to. I just well, I just wanted to sit you down because yeah. you've been such a busy man, uh. even through this really strange times, yeah. where we're not playing uh, a lot of live music. Yeah, but you're still planning heaps of things. And yeah. this is the only day that I can catch you. Uh, and uh, thank you. Yeah, no, great to be here. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, I mean, um, we could go on and talk about how Singapore likes to call you the king of swing. <laughs> and, you know, you've been a professional musician since I was born. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for reminding me about my age. <laughs> You're reminding me about my age, okay? Yeah. And, and it's pretty... Amazing that you know after all these years, you, what you're doing is still growing stronger and stronger. And just before I came here, actually, I, I went on the Spotify and I played your, your EP, oh and cool. I really enjoyed that music. I just Thank had you. to play it really softly at work, oh. but it was so nice. It took me through, a good time at work yeah. before coming here. Cool. Yeah. So tell me, what's what's going on with you these days? Well, you know, I don't know where to start. Uh, just try to make the best of the situation that's been uh, going, we've all been going through. Mm -hmm. It's a very difficult time for all musicians all over the world, you know. And uh, for the time being, it's not, globally, it's not really getting better, right? I mean, symphony orchestras are closing down and uh, musicians are still without gigs. I know some musicians who ha have are doing other work. I mean, there's nothing wrong like putting in an honest day's work no matter what it is. But you know, people doing work as like COVID swabbers and uh, similar work to that. Um, of course, this ethic is already there in New York, right? Because very often, uh, someone who's a musician or a dancer or an actor, um, in between plays, they will go work, w wait on tables and all that. And, and to them, they don't bat an eyelid about it, right? So uh, m the only time I actually did any kind of wait waitressing, I was going to say, wait, <laughs> wait, <work laughs> waiter's work was in my teens. Uh, you know, after O level for a minute, but uh, I think it's 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 quite difficult. I mean, for me, I've been a little lucky because you know I've had quite a lot of things to do, and I've uh, I immediately felt the need to go online and live stream to to people. So I was kind of like one of the few, first few out of the gate and uh, live streaming, trying to comfort people. Also, uh, I used to have a piano bar show that I did every Thursday, and I, I really have a uh, not so generous version uh, reason for doing it. And because if I didn't have my piano bar show to do every Thursday, I wouldn't practice the rest of the week. You see, so it forced me <laughs> to practice so that I wouldn't sound bad on that Thursday nights. You see, that was one thing I used to do, uh, and. Uh, and of course, running the Jazz Association Singapore has really been keeping, you know, it's it's meant to take up 50% of my bandwidth, but really the last year during COVID, I've really been putting 70% of my time, uh, uh, you know, opportunity to do more for the Jazz Association and see it grow, uh, you know, 
continue our work to build audiences and lift the level of jazz. You know, play, play our part to lift the level of jazz in Singapore. Work with children with um, difficulties uh, 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 in inclusivity, like kids with uh, autism and, and Down syndrome, and, and still continue our cultural diplomacy work. You know, we used to go and play, bring Singapore jazz to the US or China or the UK, or whatever. But now we have to do it online with very good results. I mean, our shows have had six figures of views. You know, so hundred thousand overviews for the Jazz Association show and my birthday show had 220 over thousand views so uh, so we're reaching out to the rest of the world and then of course the Jazz Association also started the Jazz Crisis Fund which actually uh, has helped a number of musicians with uh, short-term financial aid while they go through difficulties people who haven't been find able to find a way to earn money live streaming or do more uh, online teaching or whatever so so that's been quite useful to the community. Um, yeah, so that's really uh, the things. And our youth development continues. We still put out two scholarships at least a year. Uh, and, and we'll be announcing our, our new uh, scholarship wi- uh, recipients in the next w- week or so. So we, we, we've put five uh, young musicians through tertiary, either bachelor or master's programs already. So and then this is this work continues. It's all done. Uh, okay, I you know I'm, I I may be instrumental with my team to make it happen, but it's only done because uh, of very generous donors. I mean, there's no way, you know, I'm uh, I'm a jazz musician. There's no such thing as a rich jazz musician. You know how you become a millionaire as a jazz musician? No. You start off as a billionaire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. Uh, so so. We're happy to help and happy that we've been able to do this with really very generous people, you know, um, to make this happen. So that's half of of what I do. I'm still working on my own music, composing. Uh, recently, we went back to the stage, performed twice already, once at Capitol Theatre and once at, uh, at the Esplanade with my new chamber jazz uh, series. Uh, and, and, and that was wonderful because I, it was my icebreaker concert to launch... Uh, the uh, symphonic jazz movement. There are a lot of people already doing it. Like, I mean, Chokorong writes amazing symphonic jazz work. But I thought that I can come in as sort of the elder uh, member of the community to bring all the resources together, all the talent together, and, and try and find a, in a loose sort of organizational way. I just, you know, although it's a uh, opposing statement, loose organizing way. <laughs> Bring people together and, 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 and make this movement grow over in the next, hopefully, next five years? Yeah, I think uh, because of your years of experience and also uh, your all the friends that you've had, yeah. that you've made all, of, all through the years, yeah. uh, I noticed that every time Jeremy comes out and says he will raise money for something, there's always a lot of money being raised and yeah. it's always for a good cause. Mm. And also, um, your uh, belief that you know um, there there is a lot of work to be done um, to foster uh, the care for the young musicians that mm. are up and coming as well. Yeah. So uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about that. What you're doing for the younger musicians, how you're connecting them right. with uh, um, uh, more experienced players as well right. in some of your shows. Well, the thing that we've been doing, we're going to be uh, launching the ne- the next, the fourth Lion City Youth Jazz Festival on Monday, which is really a mentorship festival where the young musicians train and rehearse with 
legendary and very high level musicians across a week and then perform a finale concert together. Uh, the first one we did was with uh, was with Benny Golson, who is uh, one of the last uh, uh, really great uh, uh, jazz musicians who've been around playing for more than sixty years already. And uh, and and then we've had you know six time Grammy winner uh, Randy Brecker come along on another year and and, and other uh, uh, mentors as well on different instruments and they will rehearse and then they train with them and workshop workshop them. And then we do this concert. So this year we are having to do it differently because of the pandemic. So uh, the mentors are not coming physically. So a lot of the work is being done via Zoom. And for example, the parts are pre-recorded and the videos are pre-recorded. So when you go to the concert next 24th, next Friday, mm -hmm. you will see the youth musicians and a few local mentors on stage. But then the, the international mentors will be on an LED wall on the back of the stage playing, you know, pre-recorded their work with us. So, um, not the best way to do it, of course, but mm -hmm. uh, we're celebrating the music of Count Basie and Duke Ellington, which is uh, really uh, the, 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 the foundation of swing music comes from these two great musicians, right? So, definitely going to be like lots of, uh, lots of fun and, in, uh, and hopefully next year we will do it again. So, this is one of the mentorship things we do for the youth. Mm -hmm. The other one is a scholarship program. So, the two are underpin our main thrust of our work with youth mu youth musicians wow i think uh even even though there's uh, it's like a half a live element with uh, the other mentors being on the screen and pre-recorded even though that is happening i really think that you guys can still push out all the emotions yeah you know that that um uh, that makes the jazz music come together yeah because i think uh um it's a live show and also um, you can get tickets to watch. Yes, of course, yeah. So the right? all the tickets for both, uh, there are three workshops. Mm -hmm. uh, the One of the mentors is actually the current leader of the Count Basie Orchestra. Uh, and then uh, Alex Piagin, the great uh, trumpeter, is giving one workshop. And then uh, the singer with the Count Basie Orchestra, and she sang with Count Basie when he was still alive. And wow, okay. So... Uh, uh, she's also giving a very interesting workshop called The Difference of Singing with a Big Band and a Small Ensemble. And then, and that's really, she's, she's you know, Grammy-nominated uh, singer. She actually was nominated for Grammy with the Count Basie Orchestra. And she actually sang on the Grammy-winning uh, uh, album with Josh Benson when uh, with they did the cover of How Can You Keep the Music Playing. You remember that... Uh, uh, Patty Austin and James Ingram sang the first version. Then the second version, they did very well. And the album won a Grammy was with Josh Benson and Carmen Bradford. So she's the other mentor. So there'll be actually, it's actually a workshop. So she will, she would, students will actually attend on Zoom. And so we are still continuing with our, uh, our workshops, even though we can't have the mentors in the room. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll be sure to try and get a ticket sure. to watch it on yeah. the live stream. I think yeah. this will be um, quite a performance. It's on the 24th of April, yes. right? Yes, yeah, that's okay. the uh, final concert, finale concert, but then during the week, there are workshops. Yeah. Um, and who can attend these workshops? Anybody goes oh. online to Cystic to buy. I think the tickets are like $15, if I'm not mistaken. They're trying to keep the workshop tickets as cheap as possible. And then, of course, the concert tickets. But the, the actual concert will actually be live streamed this time for free because it's also our international... You know, UNESCO has do does the annual uh, International Jazz Day show. Mm -hmm. So this will be the Jazz Association's contribution to International Jazz Day. The finale concert will be the contribution to 
uh, International Jazz Day, which will be uh, watched, uh, you know, all over the world. Last year when we did uh, IJD, it was more than 110,000 views around the world. Fantastic. Yeah. I think uh, I should attend that workshop. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeah. So um, one of the things that uh, struck me with uh, the, the multiple things that you do is just um, how um, you will always look at everything with a, a keen eye and a big sense of humor. Yeah. You know, even if, even if it's something that that frustrates you, you can al- uh, you would always be able to word it in such a way that you know it makes us think about the problem and go, oh, maybe we can tackle it um, yeah. differently and not not you know let it spiral downwards. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit more, a little bit about how you. Um, look at life you know, yeah. through the years. Well, you know, I mean, uh, although I am, I'm still very active. It's been a, it's. I'm not, I'm not old. Uh, just turned sixty, but then I have. I've been a professional musician for forty five years. That's a long time, for anyone to be in the workforce. <laughs> you know. Now you know how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> so so basically, it's a. Uh, it, you know, you, you go through all kinds of frustrations and, and, and you know, rejections. It's like a, it, it, all of us musicians uh, experience years and years of rejection. Sometimes at first, in our, even in our homes, we may, some musicians may not experience, you know, total su- support. It could be the parents, could be, are you crazy? You want to be a musician? You know, if you're a musician, I don't talk to you anymore. I mean, a lot of, music, all of us went through stuff like that, you know, I think. And... Uh, so yeah, it's been many many years of that, and also learning how to relate with people and so on and so forth. It's so I would say that um, uh, you know, uh, it's y- it's the years lah. I mean, and but at the same time, you know, for me, it took so long to kind of come into my own in terms of where I'm happy with myself as uh, uh, comfortable in my own skin. But I see a lot of younger musicians doing it a lot faster. Mainly because the education is much, uh, you know, a, a lot better than it was when I was a kid, and the availability of information that people can synthesize and form their own ideas and opinions and so on and so forth is, is also happens at a much much earlier age now. So I've seen musicians, for example, who uh, maybe I reached I attained that level of maturity at 35, and I seen them achieving it at 23 or 25 these days. You know, you want to slap them? Just kidding. <laughs> 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 but you know what I mean. So generally, uh, 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 that's why I really enjoy uh, hanging out with musicians of all ages. You know, like uh, my 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 range of people who I consider my friends goes from late teens all the way to people in in their eighties and and all points in between. So I feel comfortable with people of all ages, and and and, and I do that because um, sometimes you know you hear a young person say some three nonsense things, and then four and five is like gold you know that you never have heard from anybody else so you got to hang around for those moments those golden moments it's true it's true yeah. i mean like uh like you said the availability of uh, resources yeah that things that they can they can learn so much faster yeah. now with the internet and yeah. you know being uh, and also i think the youth of today are more open to seeking help from anyone that they can get help from yeah. you know it's and true um, yeah you know, um, we grew up being smart Alex in our way, and then now you watch the younger people being smart Alex, and like, wow, yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. So you can learn, here. you know, you can learn a lot from uh, 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 speaking to young people, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and I think that this is the, 
this is that the key towards you know society in the modern age really moving forward that that there's a respect for both young people and young people also uh you know uh the ones who are smart enough to to not close themselves out to people who are middle aged and older, mm-hmm. uh, realizing that they do not know everything, and this is how the, the mutual respect and uh, and collaboration can happen, which can really help you know uh, everyone actually, uh, of course musicians and artists as well. Yeah, it's uh, I mean from my personal experience when I started performing, I was in my uh, late teens and yes I hung out with. Uh, musicians who are way older yeah. because uh, those were the people with more experience yeah. and then as as the years went along um, uh, the ages of the the band members started getting younger and younger and yeah it's it's quite interesting my yeah. youngest uh, guitarist now is 24 yeah yeah cool. and Desiree who plays uh, percussion for us she's in Boston right now she's uh, she's 21 wow yeah so we got all these kids yeah so it's great. I mean, Singapore is slowly moving away, you know, regardless, irregardless of what the laws may be. I think we are Singaporeans are naturally moving away from ageism, which is very important because I think, um, you know, uh, any kind of, uh, uh, you know, tra- marginalization of any group of people uh, based on anything, uh, whether it's ageism or gender or life choices or whatever, is just as we as society goes on, I think we have less and less place for that. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, uh, it, it's a good start, you know, yeah. where musicians uh, of all ages, when we hang hang out together, and we yeah. can learn from each other as yeah. well. You don't see that in a lot of other um, types of jobs, yeah, yeah. I would say. Yeah, Some I've known since like like uh, like when they were born, you know, because I knew their parents, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then they reach a certain age, and I, and then they say, yeah, yes, Uncle Jeremy. I said, please don't call me Uncle Jeremy. Okay, Uncle Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> they said uh, no. They said like I'm Uncle Jeremy for life to them, you know, for uh, for the for those ones, you know. I mean, lucky the ones I don't know well or never knew the parents, they'll be able to sort of convert to just calling me Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I also have I also have uh, young musicians right now who used to call me Auntie Sherlyn, <laughs> so it's okay. I I said I, I give them permission. Like you don't have to call me Auntie anymore. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just call me Sherlyn. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, uh, like for example, uh, Aaron James Lee. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like I used to work with his parents. We yeah. were in the same band, and he was yeah. just a little child. Yeah. And then look at him now. I'm like, yeah, hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what a great musician he is. And yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the your late night thoughts. Like yeah. How you know how how did this book come about and. Um, what is the take home for someone who just grabbed this book from the store? Well, you know, I, I used to write actually uh, in the 80s already. For I wrote for I was the Fire's correspondent for Keyboard Magazine for a while, and then uh, later on uh, in the 90s, uh, Car and Driver Magazine asked me to write uh, CD reviews for them. Uh, but I found I was very unproductive. Like it took me two weeks to write an article. Mm-hmm. Then it's like ah, this is a lot of time to spend for little bit of money and, and I, I think I should just concentrate on my music. So I left it. Then about 12 years ago, I actually, when notes started apply, uh, appearing on phones and also uh, Facebook actually is very instrumental in getting me to write again. I found that, especially when Facebook went from the short post to allow you to write as long as you want, uh, I found that I started to be able to write a whole essay, at least the first draft, mm-hmm. within 10-15 minutes. 20 minutes tops and, and so not two weeks but 20 minutes so then I started 
just being able to have a steady stream of consciousness writing. And then, so then when I, people kept saying, Jeremy, you should write a book, your posts are so good, you know, you should just put a bit, put it in a book, blah, blah, blah. So, and they've been saying this for years, I mean, for since like six, seven years ago. So, one day I said, you know, why not, you know, why don't I write a book? So I read and copied and paste all, uh, not all, yeah, all my, my, my Facebook posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, also I had a notebook. Uh, I still have a notebook that's just filled with pages of story ideas or essay ideas. And, uh, and, and so half of, of, the, of the book is from my Facebook posts, uh, maybe extrapolated or properly written because sometimes Facebook, you can just like, go too fast and yeah. all kinds of spelling mistakes and all that. And then, uh, and, then, and then the other half are fresh essays from my, my notes that I take. So um, it's a random thoughts book. So if I don't know if you've ever heard of a book called uh, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, It's All Small Stuff. Which is by the author called uh, his name is Richard Carlson, and I loved the book because, uh, uh, you know, he, it would be like totally random thoughts, like from one to another. So, so in in my book, you'll find that one story could be like a funny tour story, another one could be a life philosophy, another one could be some poignant story that I heard on the road, or or, or a life philosophy, or uh, my hack take on some economic policy and so on and so forth. I try to veer away from politics in the book, but but I, I hate, pol- I hate I, I, I would never, people often ask me, hey, why do you go into politics? And the reason is because I hate politics. Although I love public policy, there's a big difference. There's a big difference, yes. Yeah, so, so sometimes I will comment on public policy, uh, but not so much in the book. Um, uh, if I do comment on public policy or economic situations, uh, it's really very general, global, uh, uh, you know. Uh, like the rich poor divide and that kind of thing, I, I will, I will, I, I do address. But I also tell stories about meeting my heroes, like uh, spending time with Tony Bennett and uh, Toots Tillemans and uh, Ernie Watts and musicians I've I worked with. So, so it's um, it's kind of it, it, it's there. There are only two essays that are connected. Uh, that 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 almost like it's a part one, part two of a of a story. Uh, this uh, the rest are completely dis- disparate, so you can pick up the book and start any essay. And so one takeaway is that you, you just can uh, just start any essay anywhere in the book, and it, do- it doesn't. You can read the book totally cha- chaotically without any sequence, also that's also possible. And uh, yeah, it doesn't take up m- that much time. And so people who don't like reading, uh, you know, uh, like for long hours, you, you just pick up ten minutes, twenty minutes, and you've you've read you know t- two three chapters and and then you put it away and you come back to it so people tend to like that kind of style of, of writing mm-hmm. yeah so that's really it i won't spoil it for people <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's nice though to be able to have a book that you could just like you know open it up and flip yeah. to a page and yeah. start reading from there yeah you know i'd say it's like a book of surprises yeah when you go yeah. to a live gig and you're waiting for the songs that yeah. the musician is going to play for you I, that's that's how i'm going to connect that to cool uh how you're doing but um yes though th- so all those years of um all your facebook posts if you notice I, I read a lot of them. No, <laughs> so I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> I read a lot of them and I, and I really, really, really love all the stories that you tell. Uh-huh. From, from the stories of your gigs, yeah. uh, from gigging with your heroes, to um, stories of um, your shows in Singapore, yeah. to like really, really funny stories. Yeah. And, uh, I just, just it, it, it brings joy to my day when I yeah. launch my Facebook 
uh, and then I'm like, oh, Jeremy posted something. Yeah, uh, some people look at my Facebook almost like a daily newsletter. And I so was gonna say that. Yeah, nah, say and that. and and uh, and and I, I've even had strangers who have no connection with me as a musician, mm-hmm. like you know, RK. I'll sit down, I'll be eating, and then this this. This old guy will just come up to me and say, "Hey, I read your post yesterday and about this, this. And I agree with you, blah blah blah." And then he's going on talking about my post, and I'm like, "Wow, you know, it's just like just that I'm connecting with so many people, you know." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so much so, like I soon have to go for eye surgery, which means that I'm gonna have to stay away from my phone uh, for for at least a week you after I do each eye. Can dictate. So then I'm going to I'm going to have to apologize if I disappear for a few days. <laughs> oh, everyone's just gonna be waiting yeah. and waiting. They'll be sending you <laughs> nice messages. Get well soon, Jeremy. Yeah. But yeah, like um, uh, for someone who ha- who's so busy, who's handling so many things besides music and and taking care of young musicians and also organizing a lot of other stuff, you are always in the know. <laughs> like if you, if you went through your Facebook post, you're very, very, very in tune with current happenings, and mm. you, you, you know, you always have a uh, little bit of your opinion yeah. as well, you know, and it, it, it fosters a lot of healthy discussion yeah. Yeah. Uh, within the comments. Yeah. So um, I think it's nice because that way, um, that's what social media is about. Yes, it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's not just like this is my opinion, shut it down. Yeah. But um, people are able to discuss and yeah. then uh, in t- in turn learn something from someone they've never yeah. met. Well, that's nice, and and also I'm I'm very glad. I mean, you know, Dashwood, that my discussions um, have very very rarely become vitriolic mm-hmm. from the from the comments, because I guess my tone of not only the post but the way I answer even a slightly caustic remark uh, 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 is like you know I'm happy to uh, agree to disagree, and I'm also have my opinion and you have yours as well and then just as long as I'm not confrontational with my answers even if some of them do pick me like a little bit like where's this person coming from you know I mean I always will the main thing is not to do it like right away if I'm upset by a particular comment just to breathe and step away and then cool down and then be able to come back and answer without without um Without the cunning, the fella, like, you know. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes uh, people yeah. are just, yeah. you know, yeah. free on the keyboard and then they just. Yeah, yeah. Go but on sometimes if they really overstep, you know, sometimes mm. uh, I, th- I think uh, in the 12 years I'm using Facebook, I kicked off five people. Only five? Yeah, yeah. And uh, one was like super ultra right wing uh, religious and I, you know, I, I couldn't take it really. So I got to kick the fellow off, you know. Another one was like really nice in real life but horrifying on Facebook. Have you ever met those people? And I actually went up to the person and said, you know, I, I wouldn't mention his name. Let's say his name is uh, John. I said, hey, John, I really like you but you're horrible on Facebook. So I'm kicking <laughs> you off. I don't want to be your friend on Facebook. Yeah, I'd rather be your friend on real, in real life only. Online persona and the yeah, real it's life really persona. weird, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I know people like yeah. that. <laughs> they're like super brave online yeah. like in person. They're like, uh, yeah. So like, oh, how how come? Yeah. But you know, that's 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 what uh, social media does. Yeah. Also, there's the good and there's the bad. Mm. Speaking of social media, this is one thing that uh, you know, over the years I've I've seen your posts and and it tickles me because you've had at least, correct me if I'm wrong, three different at least three, so tell me how many, at least three different people impersonate you so far that I've counted. Oh, this year alone, there have been around 20. <laughs> 20. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been looking at one platform. <laughs> so, uh, but they have all seems, they mostly have been shifting to uh, Instagram. 
my yes, imposters yes. have started to shift over to Instagram. So I've been asking Facebook for a long time to give me a verified account because mm-hmm. then it's a higher level of security and so on. So finally they did. Uh, most people, they only allow either your fan page or your friend page. And I decided to ma- put it on my fan page because uh, because uh, my new album that's coming out in the US is actually going to be going through a very uh, aggressive PR campaign starting April 23rd, the live uh, No Black Tie album. And so then I'm going to have all these strangers looking for me and I rather than help them come and join uh, semi-friend requests, I rather they just go and like my fan page. Yeah, the fan know. page. Uh, um, and I, you know, I, I, I tell my the publicists that who are working the project for me to when they when they tag me to tag my fan page, not mm-hmm. my friend page. In fact, I you know after a while, I will actually encourage everyone to just go over, and I'll keep my friend page really just for people I know. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know people. I, I now yeah, if I've known, I've had some re- interaction with you, then I don't mind. You're also on my friend page. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, be. Because and then I'll start to talk more about my music work and and stuff like that, even helpful things like or whether it's a workshop or whatever it is, I'll keep it on my fan page and then my friend page will be a little bit more, uh, you know, sharing some personal stuff and and stuff like that. Some artists once they have a really active fan page, will just shut down their their friend page only to their friends, existing friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I can't do that because I have four thousand plus existing friends but yes. nearly 5,000 followers so I don't want to suddenly go and where, where suddenly he's not yeah. on Facebook yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's true, it's true. yeah. But, uh, so you have a Facebook page you have an Instagram and also your YouTube channel I've subscribed to all of them oh thank you yes, so much yeah yes. yeah I even actually I was not interested in uh, in, in Twitter so much but uh, the our friend who used to run the US uh, made me interested to to start a <laughs> a Twitter page as well. You have to. You have to. Yeah, you're yeah. going to be uh, active in yeah. the US. Yeah, I'm not going to do TikTok. I don't think. I didn't really sure? go for the other one. What's the other one that uh, that was around for a while? Also, one of those videos that disappeared after a while. Snapchat. Snapchat yeah. yeah. So I, w- I I never and I'm not interested in Snapchat. I'm not interested in TikTok except to watch because it's very fun it to watch. Fun, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Yeah, you I'm not. I'm not a TikTok. <laughs> When you have a little bit more time, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you know something. I'm too long-winded to be on TikTok, yeah. actually. Why? <laughs> okay. But you know, um, you can w- you can do a full video and then cut up into little parts, yeah, yeah. So your little digestible parts on yeah, TikTok. Yeah. Then you're reaching out to. Uh, yeah, quite a different friend. audience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like yeah, you've got you've got all your social media uh, accounts down pat. People are. Do you have a fan page on Instagram as well? I just saw one that was like um, Jeremy Montero, but he, they spelled your name wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, so yeah, that's one of my imposters. So well, that's an imposter, yeah, not a fan page. Yeah. So I mean, I think I don't need to have more than one Instagram. Uh, I tried going to. I think they tried to do a public or like a business page. I tried it for a while. I didn't like it. I went back to having a personal page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because it's just a lot easier to yeah. uh, manage it as well. Yeah, and I think Instagram is nice for a different group of people, uh, and also you know you 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 don't have to be so verbose unless I'm copying a post from my Facebook over. But mostly it's just sharing photos, which is kind of a nice thing about Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is the yeah. nice thing sharing photos, sharing yeah. clips as yeah. well. 
you could be sharing the same photos and clips, but different writing from yeah. Facebook. Yeah. It is a different audience after yeah, all. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, like, if you talk, you know, all the all the stuff that you talked about at your shows, you could split it up as well, and you know, the and have multiple posts going on and on. Yeah. It's like the, uh, everything is endless. Yeah. Possibility. I mean, the other people. I mean, other accounts that I've started. Uh, uh, well, just association, and but mm-hmm. I've def- handed that completely over to the team, so that I I almost never post on it. Maybe eight ten times a year, but uh, then I also started the Singapore Jazz Lovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is really um, uh, more to talk about, like who's playing where or stuff like that. Nowadays, more like who's doing what live stream because, because yeah. you know, so that there are no gigs, right? Yeah. So that's a uh, yeah. So I think I think uh, social media is very important, and I think this is actually missing. This is one thing that's missing among the young musicians in Singapore, especially the jazz musicians, are very very anti social media. Oh, are they? Yeah, and so it's quite it's quite difficult for them, and then. Some of them will argue with me and say that you know West Montgomery never had, uh, never did any self promotion. Then I'll say, yeah, but West Montgomery had a six-man PR team in his management office, in his agent's office, uh, and his record company. You have or not? <laughs> then who's going to do it? Mm. And you're not, you're not. So he did do it. It's just that he was in a, in a position financially as well as to make sure that he had a team doing it. And nowadays there's no team. People, for example, in a lot of companies, even senior executives don't have a secretary. They do it themselves. So if, if you don't do the work, means the work doesn't get done. If the work doesn't get done, then don't ask why is it no one comes to my gig and no one buys my albums. You yeah, know? that's true. I think uh, a lot of people just see us on stage and they don't see uh, what goes on behind and yeah. who are the people. Or maybe it's us, yeah. uh, you know, getting everything ready and getting yeah. everything up. That's true. For that hour or two of music yeah and then that's all they see but you know that's all we want them to see as yes well, correct because music is really like a full-time job it is and uh, now that um there are less gigs to play i mean like we we have a lot of friends that have pivoted into a lot of things uh, a lot of different types of jobs and everyone's raring to go everyone is dying to play a show yeah. you know and yeah. i think uh even the crowd as well people yeah. People want to have that live music experience. Yeah. Because um, I just did a concert and um, and uh, I had I had a few people text me and they're like, we we, we started crying after the first song. I'm <laughs> like, is it the song? In, uh, you yeah. like the song, the lyrics? And no, it's just that we haven't sat down to watch live music <laughs> for so long. Yeah, you told me about the show, so it's yeah. finished already. Yeah, uh, it was on Saturday. Oh, yeah. good. So yeah. it was quite crazy, like. Uh, Tamago called me. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, he was on the phone with Benny, and Benny said, "Hey, Shalin, Tamago wants to talk to you." I was okay. And he's like, "Shalin, I tell you ah, uh, it's been more than a year. Uh, we all never play show. Uh. Later, you don't get emotional, okay?" And I was like, "Huh? Yeah, you you will, you know." And I was like, "Is it? Yeah, you want we want you never play to a crowd, everything." And I was like. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then when I went out, and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you feel it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been so long. We, yeah, we, yeah. Did some, we did a couple live streams. Yeah. It was, it's, it's really nice also yeah. to do a live yeah, stream because yeah. it's not something we're very used to. Yeah. But yeah. being uh, uh, on a stage live yeah. and playing to human beings, to yeah. bodies, you know, warm yeah, bodies, yeah. Oh, it was just like, <sighs> yeah, yeah. as soon as the lights hit me, I was like, Tama. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I trust you. Yeah. So um yeah, it was quite a uh, emotional experience yeah. for me as well. And I think for everybody. Yeah. And Tama is so uh, 
wonderful. And I think uh, at, at the end of the day, um, we, we're all just really, really hoping that the, the crowd can get a little bigger with yeah. the, the right social distancing. Yeah. And we can go right ahead and play really good music to yeah. everyone. Yeah. So uh, the live streams that you've been doing, uh, I, I, I liked it when, was it in a coffee shop? That you did it with a oh with that was actually before pre COVID yeah, actually yes, I had a gig I had a gig uh, mm -hmm. uh, in a coffee shop a yes. seafood restaurant actually that was in a coffee shop and it's amazing because the live live was like wow eleven thousand views you know yeah uh, and of course then after that people watched the the replay but uh, it was quite amazing to see that you know so you know I didn't have a chance to really explore doing it mm -hmm. again uh, uh, again. Uh, but hopefully after COVID, we can look at looking at this kind of novel ideas, whether coffee shops or whatever, to to have a gig. Yeah, you know? like <laughs> instead of a, a bar, yeah. or instead of a, a concert hall. I, I really like the coffee shop idea yeah, yeah. because uh, it's just like, whoa. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, Jeremy, thought about it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then recently, your live streams from your kitchen. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I should do a couple more of those, actually. Yeah, the yeah. kitchen ones. I think when, you know, we, 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 we bring the show from home, it's a di very, very different connection yes, with yeah. people as well. Not yeah. just our friends and also let's you know, your fans yeah. as well. Yeah. And uh, uh, I've learned that uh, over the years, um, you know, no matter how big or how small the stage is, it's yeah. um, we still have to play 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And, uh, and also the thing about uh, uh, that I think is, uh, uh, really important is 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 to connect with people who don't know you. So, uh, like the thing about having a friend page, and I, I keep, uh, you know, trying to convince uh, the younger musicians to really take up this fan page seriously because it take time takes time to build. But the good thing about it is that you will start to attract people who. You know, it's no point to keep on preaching to the converted, right? So mm, basically, mm. on your friend page is everyone who follows you, your actual friends, or people come and see you in the club and so on, or whatever your concerts or whatever. But who you need to do is to build your customer base, so to speak. Yes. And I think the the way to do it is using a, the fan page, and then occasionally if something interesting, actually put some advertising money on it. You know, ten dollars, twenty dollars. Suddenly you get another few hundred strangers who join you. And, and and then you keep building your following of strangers, which is very important. So we were talking about um, scammers, online scammers. Yeah. And you said that you actually have very, very good uh, um, tips for not falling for the scammers or like for dealing with them. Yeah. Can you share that with me? Well, one is that recently there's a one that, that's been going around and taking different forms and calling themselves different things and saying that uh, you have been reported for impersonating, impersonating someone. If you want to prove that this is really your account, please click on this link and log in and, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's a phishing scam. I have no friends who have lost their accounts because they clicked and, you know. And then, you know, running the Jazz Association, which is a charity and the IPC, is a bit dangerous to have impersonators or scammers because, you know, they will impersonate you, then they will pretend to be friendly, then they'll get fresh with some of my, my lady friends and fans, and after a while, you know, strike up a conversation, and next thing you know, they ask for money. Aye. You know, and, 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 and that's really the, the, the difficult part for me. Uh, uh, 
So I'm always lucky that my friends, especially lady friends, will say, "Hey, this is not you, right? You're not so cheeky." <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, so I say, "Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry." Then I even get a situation where I was this particular person was very cheeky, of really kind of semi-suggestive to my cousin's wife. You know? Oh dear. Yeah. So my cousin say, "Hey, <laughs> Jeremy, this is not you. I know, but." You better go and shut this one down, you know. Oh my! And so it happens so regularly; it's uh, very annoying. So I'm glad, uh, you know, Touchwood, uh, you know, Facebook, it's down a lot now. And I think uh, I have had about twenty in total from all the platforms. But there seems to be a, a big dip after I got my verified um, Facebook account. Yeah. So the only one you're dealing with is Instagram. Yeah, and also another funny thing I get is uh, because my fan page is starting to be more and more uh, uh, widely uh, uh, watched, and and and, and uh, people, you know, I think it's almost eight thousand people on my fan page now compared to my friend page, right? And and uh, it's not a lot, you know, by any means. But for a jazz musician, it's not bad. But but I also get a lot of funny. Uh, messages from women who I know are probably not women, uh, you Yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's very strange yeah. accounts. Yeah, I've been I've been getting an uptick of like yeah. uh, young boys, young men from China oh. in particular. Oh. text me in Mandarin. <laughs> Pretty sure it's not them. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't click, don't yeah, click. Yeah. But it's also funny to look yeah, at, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. As long as I, you know, don't have to. I was like, maybe I should just like troll them. And my yeah. friends say, no, wait, you click, then you lose your account. And yeah, okay, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, so s- I've had, you know, recently a friend of mine, uh, the six-time Grammy Award-winning uh, trumpeter, Randy Brecker, somehow uh, got accused of, he, he has so many f- uh, friends, and like, of course, friends are not more than 5,000, but so many followers, like, he's f- he has like 20 over 1,000 followers, you know, on his friend page, you know. And, uh, and don't know what he did. Uh, Facebook accused him of impersonating Randy Brecker. Mm. Yeah, so say, I am Randy Brecker. No, can you prove it? Oh dear. <laughs> so he had to send driver's license line. And all. It took him nearly three weeks to get his count back. Wow. Yeah. So I think we've div- the the most important thing is to keep changing your password at least once every three months. I know we're all very lazy. We got a fast password that works. We just don't do. Just every three months, just a habit. Just change your password. Then note it on your notes on your phone so you don't forget <laughs> what it is yeah. because uh, you know. I think I've been changing my password so often that I actually don't know my password right now. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to be in trouble soon. <laughs> yeah. But that's a very good tip. Change yeah. your password regularly, yeah. and don't forget your new password. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because we, we, you know, everything everything is done online. You know, yeah. not just your social media. Everything uh, there's an app for everything now. So yeah, yeah. Password, 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 password. Yes, true. Yeah. So do you think um, do you think the technology is helping us, or do you think the technology, um, yeah. like you know, like you said, the the younger kids they're like, oh, I don't want a social media account. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. Or they have one and they never use it. Yeah. So the the thing is that uh, I think you have to balance. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, there's a whole. Uh, esteem, self-esteem problem also associated with misuse of uh, social media. When some people actually makes them feel very inadequate and feels that makes shames them or they feel very ashamed when they see that they don't get as many likes. You know, to them the likes is the little tiny micro doses of dopamine, right? Mm. So um, yeah, and I guess to some point all of us can fall prey to that for a minute. And uh, for me, also you know you. 
you gotta you just gotta go you know you put a post out you know f- you don't have to keep checking whether people you know although I sometimes I put a post out and I realize that n- no one is interested in that <laughs> for <laughs> <You> example <laughs> no I've had posts where I put out and then you know like ah people don't really want to hear that from you <laughs> I can't really remember specifically you know so uh, but you know you have to really balance it to make sure that it's not of course we can't avoid the fact that we like a well-received post and we in the same way we like a well-received song mm-hmm. because we're artists right so we are always going to be narcissistic throughout our life doesn't matter how uh, actualized we think we are yeah <laughs> whatever know? it is we're putting out we're always looking for a response yeah, yeah. so uh, but I think that uh, just learn to use it as a really tool and don't let it control you it can really control you but it doesn't have to be all or nothing behavior some people basically you know you just like throw it all away for no reason. Yeah, I think like what you said, like um, not being attached to uh, the likes and the follows yeah. for the posts. You know, I mean, like uh, of all the posts that I've put up, you know, I I I've noticed certain posts, like you said, certain posts get a lot of likes and certain posts don't really get a lot of likes. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I should post less of those and more of yeah. these. And then uh, one day I just went, no, I will post. Whatever what? I feel like, yeah, because yeah. that's that's exactly how I feel like at that moment, yeah. And that's it. That's how I want to uh, communicate with people at that moment as yeah, well. The correct. moment you uh, start to let the uh, crowd control what you play or the crowd control what you post, yeah. Then are we actually being ourselves? Yeah, you know, that's as true. As that's very artist. true. Yeah. But um, it is true that you know the online persona, yeah. and you know uh, in real life, they they always will be a little bit of a distinction yeah. so it's, it, like even even as a performer uh, uh um someone being on stage and at home uh, i'm a very different person when i'm not on stage right so i've been a very different person for about a year <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um no not not that it's a, dif- a different person but uh i've just not had the uh, platform to be able to uh be yeah that you know persona that, that goes on stage to sing and play which is different from the person right yeah. pers- I think like for me uh, one of the things I had to teach myself is after a while I realised I had a persona emerged mm-hmm. partly created by me but also created by the press uh, by my fans who have this this kind of uh, uh, persona which is got some of me in it but a lot of it is not me really and then, then to realize that, and then to okay, you know that this can help you to sell albums or sell tickets. Then mm-hmm. you use the persona, but you have to be very, very cognizant of the fact that where does persona end and where do you start? And that's kind of an important thing that I've learned to do for myself. So this is uh, also good advice for up and coming young musicians as well. Yeah, how they yeah. want to develop um, mm. their uh, on stage persona and yeah. how how it connects to them as a real person yeah. as well, right? Yes. Yeah. And um, what else can you um, uh, advise the young musician? Yeah, well, the thing is, uh, basically, to tra- to stay really true to what is it you want to do. But of course, when you're young, it's important to listen to trusted critics like your teachers in college or whatever it is. Uh, as you grow older and you you know you've you've left college, you've had two or three years in the field, um, to to not be too affected, to take the very you know objectively but not allow it to spoil your mood for the day or whatever it is you know um, 
yeah, I mean, I've had so many reviews over the years, but I've had a few bad reviews as well, you know. And so, you know, the the first few bad reviews can really crush you, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to learn to, and then I met Ernie Watts, you know, Grammy Award winning guy, and and I say, hey, there's a review of our concert, uh, you know. And then I he said, uh, is it good? I say, yeah. It says you. I say you want to read it. He said no. I never read my own reviews. I mean, for him, he's lucky he's got a manager, a publicist, a full-time basis, right? I mean, so it's like, he doesn't really care. <laughs> just uh, not, You know, just play. But I think the main thing is for musicians to... There's a chapter in my book which says that, you know, you don't have to be a, a very a high-level musician if you don't want... Uh, uh, you don't have to uh, necessarily be a high-level musician and a professional musician. That means for some us, it's not... We, we, we link it together so much that there are people, for example, you know, like Dr. Sidney Tan, right? I mean, he's a great musician, you know, writes the music and works on the music for National Day most of the years. and But he has a private practice as a doctor as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, and so, you know, he is able to maintain a very high level and he doesn't necessarily, and a few other people as well, as a doc- another doctor friend of mine who was in school with me, Dr. Patrick Goh is a great orthopedic doctor. He writes, he composes, we've even written songs that Tracy Huang has recorded, but but he doesn't really, he, he can work at a very high level, but he doesn't depend on it for a living. So in this day and age, actually, you'll find that now, especially just so few gigs, symphony orchestras closing down and, you know. Yeah, you know, I always tell there's a difference between your work and your job. So mm-hmm. your your work, uh, your job is your is the what you do to earn a living, to pay your bills, and your work is your life mission. So to illustrate that some people, they... They have a job uh, and it's to drive a taxi Monday to Friday. And then their, their work is to help with the Salvation Army on a Saturday and Sunday. And they really love that Saturday and Sunday because they're helping people and so on and so forth, right? And they don't earn any money from it. So we musicians also, like the New York artist I told you about who maybe for three months has no part in a play or Broadway or off-Broadway play. They wait tables and then they get a part and then for six months they're on a Broadway stage or whatever. So... You know, so their work is waiting tables and their job, I mean, sorry, the job is waiting tables and their work is, is acting, right? So for me, I used to joke that people ask me how I made my most money. And I, 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 when I used to make, when you know, I used to say that I make my most money by charging stupid amounts of money to people, uh, to people who want to put my name on the invitation card for an event mm-hmm. to then be ignored for two hours. <sighs> right? And it's okay because... That's my job, mm-hmm. and I do it. I do it well. I, you know, I, I, I play well for the audience. Always they come. Oh, Jeremy's playing. And then they come and they don't listen to hours. They're drinking, they're eating, they're talking at the top of their voice. That's cool. So mm-hmm. I get that really good payday, and then I go and play in a little jazz club for 150 people who are listening to me at pin drop silence. So that's the way to balance your life. I think as a musician, is very important. And my last piece of advice, because I don't. Thing, you know, I mean, I made so many mistakes, so I can only make, I can only give advice because number one, I've made a mistake. Number two, I've corrected the mistake, and number three, uh, when I say this is what you, I think you should do, I, I do live what I say, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and and that is to try your best not to overspend and not to be uh, attracted to material things, because especially as a jazz musician or classical musician. If you love luxury cars and luxury wa- luxury watches, don't be a musician because because you will never be able to make a living <laughs> and to be able to support yeah. those really those kind of habits and and to just uh, the music is so wonderful it's its own joy actually and if you really do love it it um 
uh, you don't need all these other trappings and so yeah surely you might you may have to you may have to go and buy nice clothing to wear on stage but that's really work stuff you know uh, but you don't have to buy the 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 every Gucci thing that comes out or uh, every Maserati model I mean you know there are musicians who actually really go after those kind of things and early in my career I was a bit like that you know I used to I, I used to have like 35 watches I used to love to buy expensive cars so I used to have I have had my Mercedes and my BMWs and all that but now I'm driving around in a in a 14 year old um, little Hyundai Gets and I'm so happy because I have <laughs> no commitments and so the least amount of commitments and don't don't borrow money if you need to buy something nice if it's a nice piece of gear you need it's two thousand dollars. Save up for it, buy it, finish. It's over. You know, some people like they want to buy this, that gear, and then a hundred thousand dollars of gear. They take a bank loan, and then suddenly it's four thousand dollars of bank loans, and just don't have loans as possible. You know, maybe your home, you can have to have a loan. Mm -hmm. If you really need a car, get a modest car. Always buy a car that's three or four stats below what you think you can afford, because COVID or something hits, and suddenly that in. 2000 installment that was easy for two years sunny it's the thing that's you just breaks your back so just always be as uh, frugal you know you can enjoy wonderful food in singapore without having to spend a whole lot of money but the main thing is not loans i mean main thing is that things expensive things we can treat ourselves to every once in a while but it has it mustn't have a a tailback of 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 paying installments uh. Yeah, I think uh, COVID has really taught um, a lot of musicians uh, how to be better at their finances. Yeah. Um, I mean, personally, um, I was very lucky that, like, uh, of course, when I first started and I was also spending the money a little bit like water, but um, just a few years after uh, I got my home and then right you know, before COVID, I was already starting to save up and yeah. spend less. Like yeah. you say, you know, like, you don't have to get everything that's new. Yes, you don't yeah. have to get all the expensive stuff, and you don't have to take a grab everywhere or taxi everywhere. Yeah. You can you can leave the house earlier and take public transport. It's yeah. okay, just <laughs> sweat only. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, um, yeah. you know, um, when COVID hit, uh, for me personally, I I was I felt so uh, lucky that yeah. uh, I I had got to that point where I can. Um, go on without mm. worrying about yeah. not having a job yeah. overnight yeah but uh, i don't think that's uh true for a lot of musicians yeah. um and covid has really hit a lot of um musicians families quite yeah. hard mm. and uh but you know i think uh in the past year i've seen a lot of people uh, pivot into other things besides uh, the live streaming here and there yeah you know they've started their own businesses yeah, yeah. and they've uh, taken on jobs i've taken on a job as well so yeah yeah but i think um you know we'll never we'll never stop wanting to play music yeah <laughs> and um i think uh as soon as the stages start to open yeah this everyone's just going to be so excited yeah but you know i, I i'm such a ever optimist but i'm not entirely optimistic of how fast that it's going to happen uh, on a global basis mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and also touring for me I mean traveling around the world to play you know while we are doing so well in Singapore and all no, almost no community cases all the time the places that I go and play you know uh, in Europe and so on mm -hmm. still not doing well or even Malaysia right and, and, and uh, we don't know how long it's going to be I mean already we've been given hints by the leadership here in Singapore that it might be as long as three to five years so I'm just telling myself and it's very un 
unlike me because I'm very positive I'm always you know sometimes I'm too much of an optimist so I still think I'm op optimist but I now become I become a really cautious optimist and I, I think that you know um, while it will open up slowly uh, and, and, and we have to just be very careful and not think that it's in the next few months for example I've just completely told myself I'm not traveling this year you, you're not going even though people say hey you will come and play at this festival just tell yourself it's not going to happen you know and then really uh, hope for to me I think I'm I dare to venture to say that uh, by mid of next year mm -hmm. uh, as long as a new virus doesn't appear um, uh, we should be starting to tour and travel and go overseas and play again yeah so that's why I'm telling myself anyway. So then if it becomes, it comes earlier, better, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. People talking about, oh, I think I got a booking for, you know, to fly to play in Europe in August. I'm going, I don't know. <laughs> I hope it happens, but I, I don't know, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, we, we want to travel. Yeah. But at the same time, we don't know, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of uncertainties right now. And... Um, so while you're here, you know what what are all the uh, new projects that you're? Well, besides the the uh, Lion City Youth Jazz Festival, mm -hmm. which uh, is next week or next week, uh, in the month uh, in the early June, we have this thing called Jazz It Up at the Jazz Association Singapore, which is really a, a, a concert of uh, uh, Chinese evergreen songs given a jazz treatment. We did it once already with. Uh, uh, Joanna Dong, uh, Jasmine Chen, who sang on Crazy Rich Asians, mm -hmm. as well as um, uh, uh, Melissa Tam sang on that first show. So on the second show, we have uh, Joanna coming back, and this should be sort of co-hosting it with me. Obviously, I will be doing the Chinese parts, and then uh, <laughs> and then and then we have a, 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 a singer uh, by the name of well, everyone knows Kawei. So Take Away mm -hmm. will be on that, and also Marcus Lee, a, a young pop singer who is very very uh, very nice. The way we arrived at the repertoire for him for the show and he's so into it and I really appreciated his enthusiasm and uh, willing to work on, on making his particular segment of the show sound I think it's going to be quite a special segment and um, uh, then after that I have this uh, uh, concert with Resound Collective who I think is one of the best chamber orchestras in Singapore dedicated to playing chamber orchestral music and not like a symphony orchestra where you tell two-thirds of the people to go home and then that's their chamber so basically really really loving chamber music so they are playing a Ravel piece and then all the rest are my new orchestral nondescript classical jazz what is it you know kind of music that I've written for, for the rest of the show so you know uh, that I hope to bring classical and jazz fans together yeah, that and then uh, uh, another three big events for Jazz Association second half of the year and for me, uh, 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 the solo, I'm going to probably do half a concert solo, half with a string quartet and then my, my Christmas show at Esplanade on December 18th. <sighs> I think that's enough. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like you're very, very, very busy yeah. even though you're not touring. Yeah. But I, I, it's it's amazing, like uh, you know, you just you're just like this engine that keeps going and going and going. I, I I read in one of your recent posts that you said you took a couple of days off. Yeah. And you felt guilty. Yeah, I did. I was last weekend, you know, and I and and then Professor Tomiko commented, it's because you're an alcohol, uh, you're an alcoholic. You're, it's because you're a workaholic. Same thing actually, because I'm so addicted to my work, right? 
yeah, but no, I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better at the. Uh, you know, I have to say that I was very sad when Chick Corea died because you know he was 79 years old and he is my biggest hero of the three kings of his of his generation, right? Herbie, mm-hmm. Herbie Hancock, Chick Corea, and Keith Jarrett. Uh, and why I consider him, although I love all three for their music, was that at age 79, that number one, his pianistic abilities were still at the th- at the top of his game, so he continued to stay on the ascent on all these le- on all these three levels. And another thing is that. He was con- continued to compose, and and then on, on the other thing is that he his work ethic of of just being very inclusive and being very nice. Uh, a friend of mine actually drove a buggy once when he arrived in Singapore because he had a problem with his had an operation, so he he was supposed to have a wheelchair. And then my friend went up to him and said, "I'm working here. I can I can drive you." And he knew who Chikurio was. And when he when he told Chikurio that I'm also a drummer, uh, I think you know him is George Choti, right? He told Chikore, I'm a drummer. He said, you know, uh, uh, Choti, you must know that uh, all of us musicians, no matter what level we're playing at or whether we're amateur or whether we're professional, we are one family and we must always stick together. And so just basically uh, someone like him, you know, to have that kind of uh, ethic, you know. So he's my big inspiration. And, you know, I consider myself to be, you know, although I got to go and fix my eyes and I got to go fix my knees, <laughs> Very soon, uh, that he's my hero. I mean, I want to. I, 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 thank you for saying that. You know, I'm still growing and still. To I tell myself, you know, you're still continuing to be on on your ascent, personal ascent, of your personal mountain, uh, and and I hope that I just keep doing that until I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I feel like uh, you know every time every time if you if you ever mention like you know I'm already at this age, I I but I feel like this is where, you know, you've. You, you you've reached that point where you can't stop. Yeah. And I feel like uh, you you want to do more. Yeah. You know. So when I read that post, I'm like, wow. It's it's like, how has this uh, gentleman uh, been a professional for 45 years mm. and is still working nonstop and yeah. so hard and, yeah. and 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 feels guilty for taking a few <laughs> days off. Yeah, well, you know, I think that uh, the moment is not fun anymore. I won't want to do it anymore. I mean, I also posted recently that, you know, even when you're feeling inspired and you're feeling in the mood, you should create. And, but e- but you know, the mark I of a true that. artist is that even when you're not in the mood and you're feeling tired and you're feeling dejected or whatever it is, if you have work to do, just go do it. Because every artist, if you keep doing that, you'll actually have a wonderful output. And you never know, you actually can pro- actually create... Like sometimes you may create things that are better in that horrible mood you were in than you would when you everything's going gangbusters for you, you know. So I think, uh, 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 yeah, that's something that I th- I I didn't always have this attitude, but now I do. You know, last time I said, oh, you know, I want to write music. I must go to the beach. I must look at the sea. You know, and then the sea will inspire me. You know, then I go, and then after that, uh, after a few pina coladas, and all, I don't feel like writing anymore. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like after you want, you just just do it, lah. I mean, you know, all the other props and uh, and the background, fine, lah. I mean, if you can have it, great. If you can't, mm-hmm, just do mm-hmm. it. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, we the we've never had that uh, time where we sat down at a table with paper and pen and go, I'm going to write a song. It's usually when uh, we're on the streets waiting for the ru- uh, red light, uh, the green light, sorry, uh, or like you know having a shower. You never yeah, have yeah, a pen yeah. and paper with you. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, when you never know when it hits, yes, right? Yes, correct. So but the, but Ben, it's very important, I think, to share one more thing. Uh, is that you know the ability to completely quieten your mind is very very important. 
because I, I, be, I believe that being able to be, be still, I think that the mark of a successful life is being able to balance motion with stillness. And most of us don't know how to live life without stillness. I mean, we can't, right? I mean, practice piano, so the, the WhatsApp goes on. Next thing you know, half an hour, you're on a WhatsApp. And then, oh, yeah, I was actually practicing. I mean, so I've learned to switch off my phone mm -hmm. when I have to practice as much as I can. And uh, I always believe that uh, the, the voice of of inspiration is silence. So actually, if you really want to be inspired, and, be, and the other thing is you're going to make an appointment with inspiration. So very often, you know, you if you just go and say, okay, I'm going to just spend this hour in my room and I'll doodle and I wait. And very often, if you actually put that time and made a, I make an appointment with yourself to compose, that, that inspiration will then walk in the door. Maybe the inspiration will walk in half an hour later, but sometimes the whole one hour inspiration doesn't work never mind you just keep on informing the universe that i'm going to sit down here and i'm going to spend this time uh, after a while you'll find that inspiration will actually show up more often and i think that's an important tip for uh, musicians especially people who want to compose to not just uh, completely shroud any chance of connecting with uh, inspiration by never having a quiet moment or never having stillness or never having complete quietude for extended periods of time so, so, so some people I would say uh, meditation practice can be mm -hmm. good some, uh, whatever way it helps you to completely uh, you know be still and be quiet that's a, that's a I think that's an important thing for for musicians young or old to to, to try and practice and I think just being uh, comfortable with being by yourself yeah. for that period of time yeah without the phone without any distractions yeah just play right? yeah yeah absolutely whether you're gonna write something or not yeah yeah it's um i think all of us uh have a lot more time to practice these, these yeah. days for sure yeah i yeah. mean uh, i think uh, i remember one of the posts you said like um you rehearse for the rehearsal but not at rehearsal yeah <laughs> yeah yeah practice to the rehearsal yeah. not 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 practice at the rehearsal <laughs> Yeah, it, uh, yeah, that's very true though. Because yeah. like when people show up for the rehearsal, they're like, "Oh, I haven't learned the song yet." Yeah, yeah. No, you don't learn the song here. <laughs> <laughs> you learn it at home. Yeah. So um, I've had a uh, few experiences. Yeah, yeah. With uh, uh, bands over the years. Yeah, yeah, of that, course. And it's like, how long are we going to be here for? Yeah. <laughs> Where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, managing a band is uh, not easy. Yeah. But your band's been around for a long time, right? Unexpected, right? Yeah. How um, long now? This is our 19th year. Wow, yeah. amazing. Yeah. I started with uh, three piece. Yeah. And now there's five, sometimes six. Yeah. So That's great. I think Fantastic. Uh, there's good there's longevity. Been, uh, Keep going. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's also been quite a journey as well. Yeah. I think uh, I, I totally agree with you that, you know, it takes years of experience to yeah. really sit down and think about what is your work yeah yeah because um yeah. i think uh at least you know the first 12 years it was yeah. a job in a way you know yeah yeah but of course people when they see us on stage like oh you're so lucky you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're working your work is your passion and all that I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's still a job you know yeah yeah we, we still we still um there are the man mundane parts la, so mm -hmm. uh, 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 the audience member talking at the top of his voice when you're singing a ballad is when your work suddenly becomes a job yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, yeah i mean i think i only m uh appreciated that much later mm. as well uh in in my years of gigging like 
uh, I would be very uncomfortable if nobody was talking. Like, yeah. I think the first time we ever played a show that wasn't in a bar, you know, it's so used to playing in a bar and everyone's talking. And, and then uh, the first show we did at Esplanade and then no one's talking, I was like, and then I got really nervous. <laughs> I did I'm not comfortable with yeah, it. Yeah, it was yeah. really too yeah. silent. Yeah. Uh, it was very interesting to see that uh, juxtaposition as well. Yeah. So uh, over the years, I'm like, yeah, someone is talking, but whether or not, um, but they're still here. Yeah, yeah. And and they want to be here. Yeah. If they didn't want to be here, they wouldn't be here. Yeah, they yeah. would be, let's go somewhere without this loud yeah. band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate, you know, anyone yeah. and everyone who comes to the show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, for us as jazz musicians, you know, of course, talking is, uh, for example, you go to any jazz club in the US, there will be a tank card that says, uh, you know, please keep your con conversations to a, uh, to a minimum and at a very low level. Some will actually say, if you feel like uh, having a conversation, please go somewhere else, mm. you know. But in Singapore, you know, uh, I don't think we are ready for that level of jazz club listening. So I just tolerate the as long as it's not dominant, like, you know, I mean, people it's a murmur, a bit of a conversation. What are you gonna do? You know? You just I mean it's also it. part of like the whole um uh live situation as well. Yeah. yeah so you know, in in a bar situation or it's different, you know, yeah. when, when you're playing um, for example, in a in a concert hall. Yeah. Compared to yeah, that's why the other day, you know, I mean, you know, um, uh, a friend of mine, you know, talked about wanting to do a, ja a jazz location when things open up. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, you want to have a jazz club or you want to have a jazz lounge? Mm. Because if you have a jazz club, I don't think we have the audience will come and it's really a jazz club. It's nothing more than a concert recital hall that happens to have F&B. Mm -hmm. But the jazz lounge, people come, they hang, they were going to chit-chat, you know, they listen to the music, you know. So I said, I don't think Singapore's ready for a real, real jazz club. So, you know, uh, maybe one day. Um, I mean, I, having said that, I'm very grateful that a lot of times when I perform, people do give me that kind of quietude, silence, silence when I play. But when I when it does happen that it people are a little noisy, I I stop. I used to be really. You cannot go and ask Tama. I used to be. <laughs> You're very naughty on stage. I used to be very, very. I used to be not only on stage. I used to go up and tell, tell people to, to either keep quiet or leave and stuff like that. You know, what I mean, back when I was younger, uh, there's there's a chapter in my book about that where I actually told a whole group of people, uh, you know, you cannot just sit in front of the stage and have someone like Cassandra Wilson, who was not famous at the time, singing with me, and then you just don't give attention. So, either you, uh, keep quiet, or you leave. So then, like I said, I was very, very arrogant in my younger years, right? And then they said, oh, you can't talk to that, to us like that. We are customers. I said, no, not really. I paid for all your food and drinks. So actually, you're my guests. And if you prefer to hang around and you're, you're more than welcome to finish the champagne and all the food that you've ordered that I've paid for you, uh, or you have to leave because I really cannot have you sitting down here making a lot of noise. And they, and they actually stayed and they ordered some more food and drinks and they actually kept quiet the whole of the second set. Wow. <laughs> well done. <laughs> but I don't do that anymore. I actually will, I really have a much much more live and li let live attitude. Because I know, I, I mean, I perform at the Esplanade, I get to play to people who are completely listening to me. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it seven? Wow. <laughs> Where's the time go? 
But anyway, yeah. So just to finish that thought, uh, just to uh, just like accept the environment and where you are. You've agreed to play in a club that's a little noisy for a jazz musician. Anyway, I mean for for y'all, uh, pop music. I played in pop music sometimes and noisy then noisy lah. You know, yeah. Quiet then quiet. It's the same thing actually. It should be the way for 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 us when we play at different different kinds of venues. So like I I remember one time a long time ago when we used to communicate with each other. Facebook and um, I think you offered me uh, a chance and I have not taken it up yet you said that one day if if I wanted to say hey Jeremy let's let's write a song together yeah you know? and um, uh, I hope I still have that ticket sure of course yes and uh, why not yeah and just let me know what you I mean for me is the I do write pop songs you mm-hmm, know I mm-hmm. and uh, and I have had my pop songs sung by pop artists in China and <laughs> Taiwan, uh, lyrics by other people, uh, Chinese lyrics. But I do have I have a pop song coming that I'm working on that's going to be a single that I got, uh, which sounds like an uh, uh, like a Chicago kind of song. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I wish and I look forward to being able to work with you one day. Yes. But right uh, now, yeah. I've enjoyed our friendship over the years and Same going here. to your shows. Thank you. And um, thank you so much for this book. I'm going to read it. Great. And um, I'm sure I'll find some stories that I've already read <laughs> and commented on yeah, at yeah. the same time. Yeah. So check it out, guys. Link yeah. Thoughts of a Jazz Musician. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Okay, cool. Wow, I think you got a lot, man. You're, whoever's your editor has got a lot of editing to do. Us. Because oh. <laughs> uh, I, was, I, was, I, I thought at, you said that at a half oh, no, hour point. Can I? Uh, okay. Just stop and carry on, yeah. is it? I just